Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Private Parts. Uh, this is the show where we interview different celebrity guests and have a fun time doing it. Um, if you are a new listener, welcome. Hey, welcome to the party. Oh, geez. Yeah, what up? <laughs> Sound like a dad doing that. <laughs> uh, today's episode, we have Mark Wright. Funny story about Mark that we didn't actually mention in the episode. Mark actually once saved my life. This is no word of a lie. I was walking across the road and he dragged me back uh, from being hit by a bus. And we didn't actually even mention on the episode. But he did. He saved my life once. So I owe him for the rest of my life, to be honest. Maybe we get a little voice note from him. Um, Mark uh, and I talk about grief. We talk about football. We talk about TOWIE. We talk about LA. We talk about marriage. We talk about um, stress. We talk about anxieties. We have a great little episode. Mark, a true professional in every sense of the word. Mark, thanks for coming on. Um, hey, listen, if you want to go and check out our social media channels, you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram. We're on YouTube at Private Podcast. Um, and also, if you haven't already, please just click that subscribe button on Apple or Spotify. It means the absolute world to us. Thank you so much. Here's the episode with Mark Wright. How many podcasts do you say you've done? This is the second. So this is the second one ever? Yeah, second one ever, yeah. Get yourself in trouble on podcasts, don't you think? Because <laughs> like, in an interview, when you get interviewed by the press, you sort of like... There's like 10 questions yeah. or 20 questions, whatever. You sort of know what they are before. And it's just, you give your answer, you get out. But this, especially when you're doing it with a mate, mm. it's even worse because you just end up rattling on like I'm doing now. And then you say things that weren't even in the question and just <laughs> dig yourself a hole. So I've got to be careful. Do you, do you find it strange as well? Because you're normally interviewing other people, do you find it weird when you get interviewed by someone else? Mm. No, because I think... I only started interviewing people halfway through my career. It mm. started like this. So 
it sort of just keeps doing circles, really. It's funny with podcasting, though. You're right, though. I don't know why. That for some reason, you get into that vulnerable position where you then just start saying things. But but also, like you and I, like you, you you don't need to hide anything, right? Either. So what 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 could we say that's ever bad? No, it's not that it's bad. It's just that you know when you sometimes you just don't want to give too much of your private life away, right? Mm. So like what's going on at home and how you, you know, and about your family or whatever you want to hold back a little bit off because you can't give away everything, especially in our industry. So I, I just feel that if you do this, you just go on a tandem and mm. especially when you're with a mate, you forget that it's work and you're just having a chat. Like me and you were having a drink at the pub, we would tell each other everything. Do you know what I mean? Like literally everything. So you just have to sort of keep remembering, keep looking at the microphone and the realising you've got a pair of headphones on. But at the same time, being um, as open as you can be. I love it. Dude. I, I think for, for some reason, I don't know what it is about podcasting. I just, I love like the, I love the forum because you can just sit and you can just chat. Yeah. Because you do your radio show and the amount of people that you, also what I find with you, Mark, is that every single person that you interview, they seem to like, become your mates oh that's a real nice it's thing. it's true like like i remember when you were in la and like mark Wahlberg and and people like that yeah. would then like or like hugh jackman these people just remember you yeah i mean what I, is that though I'm, why why do they remember you do you think i don't know and firstly thank you so much that's a massive compliment because one of my my big boss when i worked in la that's what she said she was like look mark i know with you we're never gonna get the headline story because I will never probe people too much because we our show was kind of a mix of this and a mix of press show if you like and I always said to my boss look I'm on that other side sometimes and I know what it's like to be stitched up I'm never going to do that so she was like well you just need to do something else to, to for your reason to be on the show so I just said I'll always create moments and I'll always make them feel comfortable and make them feel like we're just all the same which we are um and I think that's why, because whenever I interview someone, a bit like what you're doing now, you're doing it as a mate and you know that you're never, I, I know sat here that Jamie Lang's never going to put me in an uncomfortable position. Mm. Whereas if I go and be interviewed by someone else, there could be a, ch a, a moment where they make me feel very uncomfortable. I don't know how to get out of that situation. Um, and I think that's what I give off straight away, whether it's in Hollywood or here, it's just, and I sometimes say it to them before we start filming, look, just, just so you know, there is absolutely not a chance I'm going to try and stitch you up. Anything you don't want to that's say. That's a great just, technique. That's what you do straight away. That's straight yourself. away. I just go, by the way, I'm not like some, give me a wink, anything, some kind of sign. If you, if I've asked you something you don't want to answer and I'll just move straight on. Don't even worry about it. But dude, I had a rumor and I want to hear it's true is that because it's, your career dude is insane, right? It's, it's amazing because we all, you know, you start on Towie, you then go and do other TV shows. You do Jungle, you do Strictly, you do all the different things and you become a household name. And then you go out to LA and this was like for everyone watching in the UK, we're like, holy smokes, here's our, our homegrown boy gone out to LA to go and do it. I had a rumor that the way that you got the job is you, you phoned up Niall Horan, is this right? And got an interview with him or someone like that and did and said, look, help me out here. Let's do this interview. We'll send it over to these guys. How did you get that gig? Uh, that, Niall comes into it at some point. So that's, but that's a little bit after. So basically... I'll try and do it as short as possible. Take as long as you want, buddy. We've got ages. Okay. So um, I'm in the UK. I'm working a lot of ITV at this point, and I'm wanting that Saturday night show, that Saturday night show to host. And I've been, you know, 
loosely promised it for a long time by this point, and I'm speaking to the bosses and the commissioners, and they're like, well, God, you know, the show needs to be perfect for you for it to be your first one, which I totally get. It needs to be like, that's why he's hosting it, not just, you know, a safe pair of hands. Um, and then this sports show came, like a Saturday night kind of challenge sports show, and I was like... Phew. This is perfect. They then pit said to me, like, this is your show. We're going to give you it. I sp I'm not going to mention names, but I, sp we was in, I was in the ITV box at the NTAs and speaking to one of the commissioners and he was planning my trip. It was filmed in Malta and he was like, we're going to go Malta and make sure Michelle comes. We're going to have a laugh. Da -da. And you were like, here we yeah, fucking go. Yeah, this is January, right? And yeah. then March comes. I've had loads of emails in between. Like, the job's mine. And then I get a call. Uh, I'm in the, bear in mind, I've tr sort of said no to lots of things at this point because you have to stick to a certain credible route to get yeah, the certain yeah, jobs yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, for sure. So I'm turning down money to kind of work on six years in, I'm probably in at this point, to get that Saturday night show and to start being a, known as a host. Coming from a show that I was from, it's hard to kind of break away and create that, you know, change that mold. And I was in the gym at the David Lloyd car park. It was raining. I always remember it. And I receive a text or a call, I can't remember, from one of the bosses at ITV. Again, I'm not going to mention names. And it said, look, take this as a positive and a bummer. And I was like, right, here we go. And he goes, the positive is you're ready and that's why you are considered for this job. The bummer is, because bear in mind, I was meant to sign the contract like four days before. Yeah. And it was like this four-day delay. I was like, what's going on? He said, but take it as a bummer that somebody who's agreed to do it has never hosted a telly show before. It's a sports legend. And... We can't miss this opportunity. Whereas you, we're gonna we, we can have loads of opportunities with you because you're gonna want to do another job. This one he wants to do. So I'm like, oh my. So I'm like, I, do you know what? I totally get it. And if I'm if I'm the were you about to sign the contract? Maybe was waiting for days. Well, not, I mean, the contract won on my desk, but I was literally but you were there ready to go. Yeah, we were talking about it, the flights and everything. But I've never told this story, by the way. So this again, getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, it's gonna you blow go. up. Um, it's just you just selling yourself in, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't, do you know what? I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. So basically then I, um, with that, you have to be honest with yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I get it. So I was like, okay. I said, but I've waited so long for the right show to be, to come to, no pun intended, to um, come my way and it's done it and I've lost it at the last point. I said, I've had enough. I've got to go and do something now that makes people open their eyes and go, wow, because I'm from Towie to trying to be, trying to be seen and taken seriously yeah. I need to do psych like big. So I call it the Matthew McConaughey effect. Ten, you know, how do he's a guy in 10 days and then go and win the Oscar? Like that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's impossible, especially from reality TV. It's hard. Yeah. But I have man. Exactly. Very hard. And some, you know, it, we are in a fortunate position because, yeah. you know, we're sat here because we did reality telly. But at the same time, if you want to progress in the TV world and be taken seriously, coming from reality television makes it very hard because you just, you've got a stigma. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm sat there and I said to Michelle, I said, I've got to do something like to, to make a stand now because I can't just sit and wait for somebody to give me a show. It's stressing me out. I don't like my destiny being in someone else's hands either. So then I said, I'm going to go to America. And Michelle was like, you should. And she completely backed it. She said, you should do it. Yeah, I believe you can do it. I was like, I need to go there. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to quit heart. I'm going to quit. Take me out the gossip. I'm going to quit everything I've got back here so that when I go there, there's no way I can come back without a job because I'll be jobless. So I let three big, and a children's show that I was doing on CBBC. So I let these three shows go um, and my radio show. And I just got on a plane, flew to LA 
and I went for a few meetings and then I was at Universal Studios. Um, hey, that's and, wild. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? I mean, by the way, I that's, 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 you're either having a breakdown or you've just made the best decision ever. I was thinking about it for a long time and I, really? I, and I loved the thought of working in LA, but I just never had the bottle to do it. But yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point, it was like, what's there to lose now? Like, yeah, yeah. So then I get on a plane, I go and have a few meetings and I go to Universal Studios, uh, the theme park, just for like a, a day off with my mates. And Extra, the show that I worked for, was filming there. Mario Lopez is there and there was interviewing the Americans Got Talent cast that this night, Simon Cowell was there. And I'm watching it be filmed. And I'm like, wow, that is the dream job. Filming in the sunshine, Universal Studios, one of my favorite places to go. That's the job I want. So I ring my American agent. I'm like, I want to meet him with Extra. And he goes, Mark, it's been on for 25 years. It's won two Emmy Awards. And it's always been the same format. One male host, two female hosts. Yeah. They're not going to change it. And Mario Lopez isn't going anywhere. I went, get me a meeting. I'll make them change the concept. He was like, what are you talking? I was like, just trust me, get me a meeting. By this point, people in England know I'm in America. They're like, he's not going to make it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting yeah. loads of bad press and stuff. So then I go for this meeting. I turn up and I, I mean, I, I just literally gave this the most bullish, bullish pitch ever. I was like, you know, I said things. What did like, you say? You walk in there and you say what? I just, I just went in there. I was like, "Look, I'm your guy." I said, "The only regret you're going to have is you didn't do this soon." I just used all the old, fa you know, all the old famous lines, yeah. and just kind of charmed Lisa. And she was amazing, to be fair. And I showed her my tape, and she was like, "I really like it, but we've got two females and a male. We don't change the concept." I said, "Well, why don't you just add a male, two male, two female? Then it's it's done." And I was everything she was saying. I was shutting her down, and she sort of found that bullish cheekiness funny because she's very bullish. straight bullshit. Yeah. Oh, she's like brutal, but also amazing. So she sort of found that quite, that I'm the only person who's ever challenged her. Because you hit back. Yeah, she liked it. And at the end of the meeting, she walks into the, she just gets off the desk, big desk, big armchair, like Hollywood typical, her two execs were with her. And she gets up, she goes, hundreds of people come and see me a year and thousands of people want this job. Why do you think you can come in here, just be cocky from the UK and think you're going to get it? And I said, I can't remember what I said. I just said something like, because it was something a bit cocky and confident. So she turns around, walks to the toilet behind her desk, and she goes, Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two weeks. You're going to go and find someone to interview who is alias worthy. Uh -huh. You're going to show me what you can do. I'm not going to put you on an interview. You're going to show me that you've got contacts and go and get it. I'm going to give you the interview, film it. I'm going to put it on the show. I'm going to see if I like it. All right. And she went, Get out of my office before I change my mind. And that was her words. So I walk out the office. I'm like, Stood in the middle of Hollywood going, who the fuck am I going to interview? <laughs> Jamie Lang, get to Hollywood now. <laughs> yeah, that would not have worked. <laughs> no, I'm like, what am I going to do? And Niall was there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, Niall, please let me come and do an interview with you. Um, I beg you. Like, he said, yeah, of course. Come to my video shoot. Just interview me there. So I did it, sent it to her. She was like, oh, great. You know what? You were great. Blah, blah, blah. Brilliant. See you soon. I was like, well, What's going on? She was like, well, when you're in town, we'll give you interviews. I was like, no, 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 I want the job. I want to work for you. She was like, oh, we'll let you know. Da, da, da. Anyway, so I'm going to fly home mm -hmm. about three days later. I know I'm going to come back out and push it again. I knew yeah, it was yeah, going to yeah. be a process. The new season was starting three months later. So I go home. And as no, as I'm on the flight, the case is underneath. I'm sat in my seat, my seatbelt's on. I get a call for her, her, her exec. And she goes, Mark, where are you? And I said, I'm on a plane. She goes, ah, oh, bummer. And I go, why? And she goes, We've got an interview with James Corden tonight and we was thinking about letting you do it because like, we really like your interview. We want to see you again. I'm like, I'm on the plane. She's like, don't worry. Look, we'll do it again. And I'm sat there. Get out of here. And I'm like, what do I do? 
So I said to the manager of the plane, I was like, excuse me, the other one with the silver and blue tie on, BA, the one that's like the manager. I picked him out, I was like, excuse me, my case is on the thing, I need to get off. And he was like, well, we can't get your bag off now, it's impossible, so you're going to have to just ring Heathrow and get it tomorrow. I'm like, oh, what do I do, what do I do? Get off the plane, ring, it's about nine o'clock at night, I ring, I was like, look, I'm doing the interview, I'm coming back. So stay, booked back into the hotel, stay, did James Corden, great. I then go home. I'm just going to cut to the end now and how I got the job. I then go. I like that when you're like, I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back. Everyone cheering. Yeah, Look you back. go. You yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So I go, I go home back yeah. to the UK. It's all sort of dying down. And about a week before the uh, season started, like nothing's really come of it. I've done a few things, a little bit back here for them. And I'm laying in bed at night and my agent rings me from America and he goes, Mark, one of the uh, lady hosts is leaving just found out she's signing for the um like a big fox show for the nfl yeah he was like i was like right he was like but they're about to sign someone tomorrow because they've got five days and they need, they need to shoot the new advert i'm like i'm coming so i just drove straight to heathrow it was 11 o'clock at night and i just waited for the next flight i can't even remember what airline it was but it's one i've never flown it's unbelievable with. Hustle. i know norwegian or something i flew there turned up at her office she was like what are you doing here? i was like you're giving me this job that's it i won't leave until you do it and she was like get out of my office, the contracts will be there at one o'clock. Your hunger's just made me give you this job. And then I got it. Five-year deal. hell. Five-year deal, got homesick and left after two. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is unbelievable. Ooh. That hustle culture I love. If you want something, you just got to go and get it, haven't you? Yeah, but that's unique. No, most people don't have that. Most, mm. I don't think most people, that, that sort of blind confidence. Or, 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 or maybe verging. It, it, it's definitely confidence in your place, but people could go, well, that's like... That's insane. I have this weird thing. And like, I know the saying is, if you want something enough, you can go and get yeah, it yeah, and all yeah. that. But in, with me, it's like, if I really want it, I just, I don't, I naturally don't see a way I won't get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, you just have that vision. You have that, yeah, that beeline like, for it. I don't know if I believe totally in law of attraction, but I think there's something there. And I just think if you believe it enough and you keep thinking about it, that somehow it will, it will happen. Yeah, but I, I, you, I heard you, but you then got a bit lonely out there, didn't you? Yeah, it was tough. Why was it tough though? Because also there's a rumor is like, firstly, American money is crazy, right? Yeah, that's true. Is it, is it wild? How do you think I built that house? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm it joking. Is, it's, but it is, it's crazy money. We see like in America, 320 million people, like it's way bigger. So you're, you're earning crazy money. You're out in LA. This is your dream. You're in the sun. You're with superstars. This is great. And then you, you, you start to feel lonely. My wife, listen, I'm married and my wife was filming a lot yeah. back in the UK, Europe and South Africa at the time. And she, she couldn't be with me full time. And, you know, I'm, I'm a married man living in Hollywood, but without my wife. So it just was, you know, my not just my wife, my family, my friends. I've had the yeah. same friendship group since I was 10. And, you know, we go down the pub every Sunday and I missed all those little things. And I re remember the worst day of the week for me was a Saturday because we've got a Saturday league team, me and my mates, like just for fun. And we kick off at two and we go, we're in the pub by four, right? Yeah. Every and weekend. Yeah. But, every Saturday. Not anymore. We've but, stopped it about two years ago. We did at the time. Yeah. And every Saturday morning when I would wake up at 8 a.m., obviously I was off on a Saturday. I'd wake up at eight. The boys were already in the pub. So I'd seen the result in the group. They were sending their pictures of their Guinness in the pub for the first lot. Uh, there. And I'm waking up on a Saturday morning in LA, no one to see, nothing to do just wanting to be there with them, you know? And then like, by the time I get up at 10, they're all at home with their wives, eating their Chinese takeaway. And I'm like walking around Hollywood going, just yeah, another day. Here. And after a while you start to think what's most important, you know, like your dreams 
or your happiness and although Fuck, dreams man. do bring happiness yeah dude that, that's a, that's a weird juxtaposition because mm. they're, they're both the kind of same thing millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What, you felt anxious? You felt down? What was it? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I just felt... I can't really explain it. I just, just was a bit fed up with it. And, like, the buzz had gone and the excitement of being in LA had gone and I missed what I loved, which was my family in the UK. And at the end of the day as well, you've got to remember, I'm coming home to still work. Mm. I'm still going to get jobs here. So it's not like I was leaving a job to nothing. I had my radio show lined back up. I made sure everything was in place before I came back home. Mm. LA's a weird place, though. It's, it's like... It is a lonely. That's I. I was out there for two months. Uh, I was filming out there once for two months. I just found it really lonely. Yeah, it's, that's the only way I can describe it. It's lonely. It is. It's an amazing place to visit. Yeah, amazing place to work for a while, but to live there, man, it's lonely. Yeah, you're right. But it's a funny about your sport because growing up, you were you would you all you were was football. Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to be. So, but then you didn't quite. You were Tottenham Academy. Yep. And I play, I, you won't remember that I played football with you. I played football with you at Wembley. Do you remember this? Yes, yeah, I do. Alan Shearer was there. Yeah, Alan yeah, Shearer was there. And I missed the penalty. I hit. <laughs> 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 it was a penalty shootout at the end. And we were like, and, and I was shit. <laughs> and, and I remember one time you were on the ball, you were playing midfield with your left foot of a rocket. And I was like, open. I was like, Mark, pass it. You looked at me and you were like, I'm not fucking passing <laughs> Just kept going. Anyway, for some reason, I took the penalty to kind of uh, save like the game to keep us in the game, and I hit the post. And everyone tried to pretend that they were sorry for you. Oh, don't worry about it. The disappointment. (laughs) Everyone, they're like fucking made in Chelsea wanking. (laughs) That's a horrible feeling, isn't it? But dude, when so you were Tottenham Academy? um, What? How come that didn't? What? What happened with that? Um, I, I always say that someone that doesn't make it as a footballer, that you always got someone making an excuse. So I used to play for Orient. I've done, yeah, yeah, yeah. done my knee. And I mean, all I can go on is 
what I was doing at this stage. And I was captain of the youth team. I was playing in the reserves with like me plus 10 other first team players. Like Who, who else was that? Who Jamie were? Redknapp played in the reserves. Robbie Keane at one or two games when he was coming out from injury. I mean, Helga Postiga. Like I was, hey. I, I was doing well. I was 17 at the time. And I, I'd never drunk alcohol. I'd never, I used to be so dedicated. And then that summer, the academy director came up to my dad. I just scored in the semi-final of the playoffs. I was captain. It was against Everton. And he comes up to my dad and he goes, look, summer's here. Tell Mark to have a good summer. There's one left back in front of him to the first team. He's very close. I go away that summer. Um, I drink for the first time. I lived in Spain for four weeks with my cousin. I drank every day for four weeks, like party boy, for thought that a month was okay. Yeah. Et shite every day. If I showed you a picture of me, 17-year-old footballer, I had a pot belly fat face like I put on like a stone and a half I went back to pre-season ended up getting shin splints because I was overweight fuck the worst yeah they told me to I had to come in an hour hour early every morning to try and shake this weight off I wasn't I was in the gym when they would walk out I stopped pedaling I just lost all dedication and love and I started to enjoy the party, the party lifestyle. I used to go out with the first team boys, like to London clubs. They used to take me out and, you know, be around all the women. And I just Fuck. sort of went down that road, you know, and it was just the Do end. Do you regret it? No, because I love my life now. My brother's a professional footballer. And I think yeah, yeah, that yeah. my life's better in terms of my social life and the things I get to do. But I regret not knowing how far it would have gone because I believe that I probably would have if I'd kept going from that age, would have played in the championship and potentially the Prem. But Do you think so? I think I can only go of what I was doing at 17. I was playing with Premier League footballers in the reserves and looking the same, you know? So What is the feeling like when you're doing that? When, you got, when you're playing like for a team like Tottenham, you're on the rise, you're like, shit, my whole career ahead of me, you're playing in stadiums. Is it unreal? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. You just turning up every day, doing what you dreamed of doing when you was a kid, your training kits there washed for you and you've got first team boys all around you and you're progressing and yeah, it's incredible. I think that it's, it's funny. I, I, it's, it's funny how the partying lifestyle does that though. It's that dedication can suddenly switch. It's mad. Yep. Do you drink now? Yeah. You do drink? I drink now. I, I don't drink a lot. I drink at the weekend. I'll have a, my, if, if I was say me and you saw each other tonight, what is it, a Wednesday? I'd have a beer with you if you had a beer, but yeah. I'm, I'm not a big drinker. Because I remember, I remember back in the day. Do you day, drink? I, I, do you know what, dude? I, I, I do, but my 20s consisted of me just drinking loads. Yeah. Man, I just, I, yeah. I've been out with you. You were a party animal. Yeah. yeah. And I just pushed it. I really pushed it. Me, my ADHD, right? It, it's like alcohol does something to my brain where it just, it clicks and I go on all cinders. And I always thought for ages, I was like, alcohol, um, Alcohol's that gateway to having way more fun. You chat better, all those different things. And after a while, you just realize you're not. You're just a bit sloppy and just a bit. Yeah. Whatever. I do drink still, but I'm way less than I was. I kind of yeah. hit 29, 30, 31. But also the same as you. You just, you can't juggle that life. No. If you If you want that partying life, you can go and do that. But you can't juggle another life. And I kind of realized that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I keep seeing a lot of this on social media at the moment. And, you know. People that you know are sober, and obviously Spencer's sober now, isn't he? Yeah, but Spencer's sober. He'll say himself because he he was a shotgun. Like honestly, that's what I mean. This yeah. is my point. Like there's being a shotgun, as you yeah. say, and then there's being completely sober. And you know, I feel sorry for people that have been there because it's obviously you know a place they didn't want to go, but not happy to be able to not drink again. I, I think it's a bit of a shame. Because, you need balance. I yeah, agree. There are moments when 
you know, you want to have a few. And I never go, I never, I mean, I'm 36 now. I don't go out till three, fours in the morning, but I'll go down the pub and I'll have a good go. And then I'm in bed by 12 and I might feel a little bit groggy the next day and I regret it. I, that's what I've learned. Do you get the regret? Yeah, of drinking. I do. What I get is, and I get it every time now, because mm. I love being healthy. I love keeping fit. And I love that feeling of waking up and just feeling fresh and ready for the day. Mm. So and I don't get hangovers, but what I get is groggy and tired. So when I feel like that, I miss the feeling of, being fresh and I am starting to get to the point I must say Jay where the feeling fresh and waking up early is a better feeling than being drunk the night before whereas Dude. back in the day I didn't care what I felt like because the night out was so good you know you went on your stag I think to Vegas I went on my stag to how does that I saw like, it you see it yeah. dude honestly we did four days uh, like that villa looked unbelievable. Mate, it was a freaking amazing. Took the details and followed them straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's insane. But honestly, after that, I'm just like, yeah, it's it's say I'm now at that stage now. I'm what I'm 34 now. It's it's just the the it's the grogginess. Yeah, I'm not just. I think you and I both. What we I think what we pride ourselves on is probably be able to communicate with communicators. We can communicate pretty well and things like that, and and being switched on. I just can't do that anymore. It's interesting though as well because you're such a family man. Yeah, right? you're such a family man. And you're, you know, I saw um, on your Instagram, you posted a sweet one about your, your uncle who he passed mm. away about two years ago. And he was like, you're, he was your best mate. Yeah, yeah. And I know your dad and your bro and obviously your sisters and things like that. You're, you know, you're super close. It's funny that, that you go to Spain when you're 17 years old and you want to play football. How come family didn't say, Mark, what the fuck are you doing? They did. So my dad was very strict with me and he wouldn't let me go out. And when my mates went on their first boys holiday, which was the year before that, he didn't let me go. And I hated him for it, but now I love him for it. But I was away without them, you know, and mm. I just told them I was going to spend the summer in Spain and I was going to run and do pre-season. I remember my big cousin, Elliot, who I was living with after about a week, he was like, Mark, you ain't done one run since you've been here. So I'll be all right. Because I, I worked so hard the Because you just before. thought it would just come back. Yeah, and I thought four weeks, you obviously need a break. Yeah. You know, like what's four weeks going to do? And I worked so hard the year before and I was so in front of where I should have been. I was flying at the time, you know, and I thought it's going to be fine. And I just got carried away. I'd never drunk before. And suddenly I'm going out drinking, surrounded by girls in nightclubs in Spain and Pasha and with my big cousin who was the cool guy on the blog. He had restaurants and it just, I just got carried away and it, what was it though? It, it, it's like, I, I, can't, I remember I remember when I first started doing Made in Chelsea. I mean, I, first started doing Made in Chelsea, like I, I was going to clubs and things like that, but then doing Made in Chelsea kind of opened up this, this gateway to like this world, which was like booze, girls, clubs, money, whatever it was. And, and it, was, it was like something just fired in my brain that was like almost addictive. It was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Of course, it's what every, every, every young man. Yeah, but somebody don't have that. Some, like my older brother, he doesn't care. Maybe you're, you're, my you're younger. My cousin Georgie doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. No, but it's very rare. I mean, do you think it is? Yeah. Who's, who's, I mean, if I look at all my friends, maybe that's why they're my friends, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I feel like people do too much these days, punish themselves for like times like that. Mm. Like, mate, you would, you're a young, successful man. You just became famous, mm. which is at first a very fun, cool thing, right? You're going mm. in every club, not having to queue, just walking around and just like everyone asking for pictures. It must have been amazing. And, you know, you get to a point where, all right, it becomes a bit boring and a bit like flat and you'd rather not have it. Mm. But who would not want that? What was you, 23 at the time? I was 22, 22. What were you? You were 21? 23. When you started doing essays? Yeah. yeah, 23. But I remember I was at uni and watching you. And <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember watching it and just thinking, 
I actually at the beginning, as everyone does, goes, ah, prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> Just being so jealous that it was going on. But at the beginning, you guys I remember it. Um that was wild fame. What you guys had at the very beginning when you first started Essex. It was mad, wasn't it? it was just- Dude, it was crazy. Cause you like even doing like, I mean, those lame personal appearances. I, I see you guys were like going from one place to the next, to the mm. next, to the next, to the next. You couldn't go anywhere because it was the first reality show pretty much that hit success in the UK. Yeah. I remember coming, doing Towie. I did what, three series and then sh- I went straight off of it and into the jungle. Uh, you only is, did three series? Yeah, which is like a 10 months I did. That was it. So I was only on, from when I started to left, it was like 10 or 11 months. But then I went straight into the jungle and I remember leaving and my personal appearance agent messaged me and he goes, you got a busy year. And he sent me my schedule. I might be able to find it actually. He sent me my like schedule and I was going out every day, six days a week for the next six months, right? And we're talking Liverpool, Scotland, Barnsley, Newcastle, Brighton. So I bought a... Uh, How many service stations have you been to? Oh, man. I recognised everyone. Yeah, everyone. Me and my cousin, because he was my driver. So basically, I got like, a little team together. My cousin became my driver. Yeah. Because the personal appearance would pay me a driver's fee. So he got that. Mm. I bought a Mercedes Vito. You know, like with that, the seats facing each other in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. paid four and a half grand for it. It had done about 175,000 miles. You thought you were a baller. Yeah, like, thought I thought I was a baller. <laughs> this, thing, this thing was an absolute bad. Turning up to Canterbury. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I took the seats out sometimes in the back. We'd all sit around in a circle and just drink and like when we'd got there in the car park. Um, and we just tore the arse out of it for like a year. And then it got to a point, I was like, this is too much. And then I met the missus and then... Did you did you spend the money? Or did you keep... Because when I was doing PAs, and the, I was just spending everything. Or were you, you're, I heard that you said you're pretty good with, 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 save, with saving and cash and things like I, that. I am pretty good with... I'm not a smart... You know, I'm not someone that spends and wastes money. I've never been someone that's going to pop champagne in a club to look flash. I just, I'm not that kind of guy. But I, I, I do spend money because I invest a lot. So I never... I don't keep money around me, really. Um, a lot of my money goes into... Smart way, right? Yeah, it's smart. I was it's so scary. dumb with it. Yeah, it's also, it is scary, but it's the smart way, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you're creating some generational wealth, which is the way better to do it. But, but Ed, do you, do you, it's, do you feel uncomfortable talking about Only Wears Essex or no? No. You don't have that thing? No. It was funny. I was, what do you mean by uncomfortable? Well, I don't know. I was, I, it's funny. I was talking, you talk to people who do, I don't know, maybe Chelsea or some people do reality shows or even people who do X Factor. People would just try and deny it all the time. Yeah. And, and yeah, why? why? It's I, what made you, right? Dude, that's exactly what I say. Yeah, you know, yeah. even Spencer, he, he, you know, he, he did an article, he did this documentary about his um, going find his brother on Everest, right? I don't know if you saw this thing. Yeah, and, I did, yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, he did an interview for whatever, and I, and I read it, and in it was like, ah, oh, you know, main Chelsea fight this. And I phoned him, I said, dude, why are you saying that? Like, why are you saying all this? And he was like, oh, because it's such a negative thing. And I said, but it's not, it's your roots. Yeah. Who cares? And I gave him an example. And I said this. You're never going to get rid of it. Never going to get rid of it. And I said, you know, it's biggest superstar in the world. Harry Styles gets on stage winning the Brits. I said this the other day. Um, he gets on stage. First thing he says, I want to say thank you to my brothers, Liam, Niall, all these people. I want to say thank you to the X Factor. Like mm. he's, he's the biggest superstar in the world. And he's accepting where he came from. Yeah, of course. I would, I would never be. No, I'd never not talk about Tawi for sure. It's, I mean, it was a massive, massive, well, it was, it was the change in my life. Mm. You know, I I went from being a nightclub promoter and a semi-professional footballer, earning a few hundred quid a week to, uh, you know, this kind of complete new career path that has gave me what I've got today. I would never look down on that, no. 
Where you you're married? Um, where did you meet the missus? Uh, sort of just similar circles, really. Really. Um, and then I think the first time I, uh, what was it, an event together? Funny enough, the X Factor that you just mentioned. We was um, we were both like attendees of the X Factor. And we was in the green room backstage, and it was her and her mum and me and my cousin. And we got talking. Then about three days later, we ended up being on a table next to each other at a Manchester United charity dinner. And then we got talking and got on really well. Then I saw her at the NCAs like a week later. I just kept seeing her. Nothing kind of bloomed from there. And then um, people were suspecting things, but it, we genuinely wasn't. And then about literally a year later, after us bumping into each other, I finally sort of asked her out and, yeah, I went from there. I chased her for a while. <laughs> yeah, come on. It, it was tough. <laughs> yeah, you just played that. So, yeah. Basically, you know, we just bumped into and, you know, one thing led to another, whatever. Basically, she gave me the elbow for about a year. And then finally I got my way. <laughs> <laughs> After a lot of work, <laughs> but Matt, I, I'm about. I thought get... it was hard as a crack, actually. Her or my American boss? <laughs> <laughs> Probably her. That's saying something. Yeah, but that's what that what that's what makes um, a great relationship. Okay, everybody, we're going to stop there. That is the end of part one. All you got to do is click over right now to part two, and you can continue the episode with Mark Wright. 